We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. All hit radio. To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network and the many shows that we have for you 24 7, 365. With our compliments, visit www.xzbn.net. And of course, you can always watch the X-Zone TV channel exclusive to SimulTV at SimulTV.com. Yep, we're still here in the COVID crisis. Pandemic's going crazy. The U.S. Postal Department's going crazy. It seems that there's something in the water south of the border and, you know... Somebody said to me today, Rob, uh, what about we build a wall and we get President Trump to pay for it? And I said, oh, I don't think that's going to work. I really don't. As it is now, the, um, the access restrictions to the United States, as well as those from the United States coming into Canada, has been extended for another two months. And according to insiders in Washington, it's going to be another six to eight months so that's something to look forward to, right, gang? So I, I hope that you don't have any loved ones or good friends that you're used to seeing on a regular basis. Hey, we've got to do what we have to do. You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. All righty. My guest this hour is Sidney D. Kirkpatrick, and he is a uh, Pulitzer Prize-nominated best-selling author of seven books, which include A Cast of Killers, Hitler's Holy Relics, and Edgar Cayce. An American Prophet. Now, we're going to be talking to our guest this hour about Edgar Casey, and joining me now is Sidney Kirkpatrick. And Sidney, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you, Rob. What a pleasure to be on. So tell me more about yourself, and how is it that you decided that you were going to write these books about Edgar Casey? 
Well, you know, the truth of the matter is I, I got pulled into it kicking and screaming. Oh. And met a beautiful girl. <laughs> okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, I met a Canadian, actually, who became my wife. But um, uh, we got along great. And she was beautiful and she was intelligent. She was well-read. Uh, and we got along spectacularly on everything except this business about Edgar Casey. You know, she had been a, a diehard student of Edgar Casey. Uh, she had used Casey health treatments, uh, you know, when her father was dying. And, uh, you know, been a dedicated student since high school. Um, I was sort of like on the opposite side, side of that. And uh, I actually believed that anyone who uh, put their faith in a psychic ought to visit a psychiatrist. So, so basically, uh, so you as, were... as long as we stayed away from Casey, we, we were all right. All right. So basically, and, uh, you were a skeptic. Yeah, a- abs- absolutely. And and uh, we so we had a long tug of war going mm-hmm. on about it. And and uh, uh, she challenged me to visit Virginia Beach, where the Edgar Casey archives are. Mm-hmm. And I, I went with the full intention of taking one of these, you know, so-called psychic readings and showing her the error of her ways, that uh, if you really studied this trance information, it would unravel. And uh, so I went looking for that reading and uh, to prove prove her wrong, and I couldn't find it. And uh, it uh, created something of a, uh, I mean, a serious challenge for me because I, I just couldn't believe it. And then I just, you know, that was sort of the start of the rabbit hole. Uh, which I fell down to, and that was, you know, was over two decades ago. And in that time, you know, just can't get enough of Edgar Casey. Just study it. And uh, my wife and I worked together on, on our Casey projects. Now, tell me, did the reading that you received at the uh, in Virginia Beach was it done by Edgar Casey himself? Um, uh, well, the, the Casey archive, you know, Casey uh, uh-huh. was, was born in the late 1800s, died in 1945, okay. uh, conducted some oh, probably 16,000 or 20,000 readings in the course of his career, of which we have maybe mm-hmm. 14,000 um, uh, train, you know, documented. We have, we have the actual language, one of the, you know, Casey is considered, um, you know, arguably the best, the greatest psychic of modern times, but you can't argue that he wasn't the best documented. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I, you know, you told me and the audience that you were taken, you know, that you were taken by storm, so to speak, when you had your reading at the ARE. So what was it that led you to be such a proponent of Edgar Casey and his abilities if he didn't give you that reading? Uh, well, well, I, I went in to study the readings. The, the readings are all on file there. To, today, they're all available on the Internet. Uh-huh. But at that time, you really had to go in to the library and look at these things. And eventually, I got into the vault. And uh, the first thing that really hits you about these readings is the specificity. You know, names, dates, mm-hmm. body parts, uh, blood temperature, blood type. You know, Casey didn't speak in these sort of vague, ambiguous terms that we often associate 
with psychics, mm-hmm. but you know, just very specific. So, uh, and uh, you know, the next thing I guess that hits you is the volume. Uh, Casey didn't give you know fifty, a hundred, five hundred readings. He, he gave in the course of his career, you know, oh, well over fourteen thousand. Um, so, and each of them are different. You know, they're given for specific people at a mm-hmm. specific time, a specific request. And, and what happens, and I, I, I challenge any skeptics to try this because it's what happened to me. You, you go into the vault and you see this and you start studying it mm-hmm. and uh, you stop asking yourself, did Casey do what he is said to have done? But how? How did he do it? What do we know about the young Edgar Casey prior to him having these, uh, the ability to do these readings? Yeah, um, a very good question because it's, uh, students often, often uh, get confused because they, they imagine Casey could just lay down mm-hmm. and give these trance readings, and, and really that's absolutely not the case. Uh, he was a very strange, unusual child. Um, this is, you know, decade after the Civil War, 1877, in, in a small village in, uh, in rural Kentucky. And um, right from the earliest age, he had these imaginary playmates. So at mm-hmm. least, you know, the family called them imaginary, but because they couldn't see them, but he was always talking with them, conversing with them. And then, uh, then his grandfather, whom he was extremely close to, died really tragically uh he he was thrown from a horse the horse's hooves crushed his chest and edgar was right there in front of him so he saw the grandfather die and this is seven Mm -hmm. eight years old and um soon after started conversing with his dead grandfather uh stories that a seven eight year old child uh, shouldn't know about the family, and it you know it scared the daylights out of his aunts and uncles, and you know was this the devil speaking through him, whatever. But uh, uh, Casey uh, started giving uh, readings. The, the first reading might actually be traced to grade school when he was playing ball, and somebody hit him in the back seriously and knocked him out, knocked oh, him gosh. unconscious, and. It was just by accident discovered when he was unconscious, you could actually carry on a conversation with him or carry on a conversation with something, who or what. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't really Casey. But uh, so this developed, and eventually they learned that if you could hypnotize him, uh, the same phenomena occurred that you could put questions to him. And the very first questions put to him were all medically uh, related. Uh, physicians were asking the questions about their, their patients. And that's where the specificity comes in. And, and Casey gave this astonishing diagnosis for people who weren't in the room in the same county, uh, eventually in, in different countries. So he didn't have to lay eyes on them. You could just hypnotize him, put him out, and ask him these questions. And he was so accurate. So just, I mean, 90, 100% accurate on these medical readings, that when people started asking him uh, non-medical related questions, right. started, you know, with like lost pocket watches and mm-hmm. things, but then then came Atlantis, 
you know, then came all kinds of metaphysical questions. All right, stand, like stand by, sta- stand by, Sydney. We've got to take our first break. Yes, Explanation. Sydney Kirkpatrick is our guest this hour. KCUniverse.com is the website, and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue right here in the Exome from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. The topic of the hour is Edgar Casey. Our guest this hour is Sidney Kirkpatrick, and his website is casey-universe.com. Um, you, you mentioned briefly his, uh, what type of readings he would give, and you mentioned Atlantis. Uh, didn't he get that one all wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but Atlantis, Atlantis I, I never... Started that whole ball rolling in the in the sixties and seventies. But the the Atlantis never was found where he said it was, or it never, you know, it wasn't it supposed to arise from the floor of the Atlantic? Yeah, and outside of Bimini. Yeah, and and actually, I've been you know with to with a, uh, a boatload of researchers. Uh-huh. We we went following Casey's footsteps. It's one of the you know, fun projects, uh, among others we've done. We've also looked for pirate treasure, mm-hmm. you know, Casey talked about. But, uh, you know, uh, certainly Atlantis is a big question mark. Uh, Casey, Casey gave a great deal of information on Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And had uh, had his medical readings not been so just uncannily, unbelievably accurate, then, you know, the rest of it, Atlantis, uh, might have been just dismissed out of hand. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, the, the, in the medical readings just still stand up today. Casey was saying so many astonishing things, things that were dismissed, like uh, psoriasis, for mm-hmm. example, uh, which, you know, you t- today are considered, uh, generally considered, you know, a skin condition. And what Casey said now is, is that that's not, uh, that's not correct, that uh, uh, Casey was saying poisons leaching out of your colon. Uh, on your intestinal tract coming into the system and looking for a way to get out. And they, they create that, you know, the skin condition. And uh, uh, Casey's treatment for psoriasis is something like a 95% success rate. Uh, epilepsy. Uh, you know, Casey was saying that epilepsy is not a, a brain condition per se, mm-hmm. but that there are uh, neurotransmitters in your abdomen. And uh, these have been damaged in some way or another through pregnancy, bulimia, getting punched, uh, um, a myriad of ways that they can get damaged, but that those are sending 
uh, misfiring in your abdomen and it, they misfire, it sends it up to your brain, which interprets it as a kind of like white noise. Right. And you get an epileptic fit. So what does the modern day medical community say about all of the, all of the readings that Casey did when it came to the medical um, diagnoses that he was giving out? Well, many things which were, you know, dismissed uh, in, the, in the 1920s and mm-hmm. 30s are now state of the art. And so uh, um, uh, the medical community has now abr- embraced Casey material, uh, almost all of it. Uh, and in fact, he's considered, um, uh, widely considered, you know, the father of holistic health because of the health treatments um, he was, you know, he speaks of and are recommended um, even for us with worried about the pandemic. Casey doesn't talk about the pandemic, but there's there are several uh, easily followed things mm-hmm. that Casey recommends. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to say they protect you, but they certainly boost your immune system in such a way that it certainly helps protection as simple as a squeeze of lemon in uh, warm water every morning when you get out of bed. Where, where was Casey getting the information that he gave to others from? Uh, well, you know, back in the uh, early 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. um, it was generally believed that, that this was of sort of divine origin. And certainly in Casey's time, Casey himself believed that this was a gift from God. And because of that, um, he believed it shouldn't be traded on, and so he didn't charge. You know, he didn't uh, go on the equivalent of uh, you know, the Oprah Winfrey show, or you know, beat beat his own drum. And that he he, he kept it. He believes it's a gift from God, and uh, should be treated that way. Um, now that you know, 70, 80 years since he's passed on, uh, we can examine the readings in ways. Uh, that we couldn't that couldn't happen in Casey's time. You can do computer searches, for example, through all fourteen thousand readings. You can look at um, uh, treatments Casey recommended that evolved over the years. The, and and what we're what what we are discovering is that there were several sources coming through Casey, and that uh, certain of the medical readings has a. a similar kind of language and flow, um, just like studies, you know, have been done of, you know, Shakespeare uh, with the people who question whether Shakespeare wrote the you know, plays and sonnets or Francis Bacon did or whomever, and, and they've looked at computer studies of actual words and phrases. Well, uh, the suspicion today is that there, were, there was not one voice, but several voices and some, in some instances, several people, like uh, inventors, when scientists and inventors were asking Casey questions, oftentimes a science, science authority would come through and answer specific questions. Um, and so that, that's something that uh, my wife and I are very interested in studying and ferreting out. Uh, you know, among other, among other things. But I, I think it's a fascinating, fascinating question, and uh, and and will eventually shed much light on how uh, how the universe actually works, the sort of multi-dimensionality. 
um, the most strangest readings. One of the lectures that I, that I love giving is sort of the 10 strangest, most unusual Casey readings. And in two of those, you actually have um, an angelic presence of some kind who stops and introduces themselves. And in, in, in those two cases, it's Archangel Michael. And I know uh, when I first read those and still a skeptic, Mm-hmm. I said, oh, come on. I mean, I, I said, an angel? All right. So, you know, I mean, I, I just I just dismissed it out of hand. And yet, as I've studied deeper and deeper into this, uh, I discover so many aspects of it that really do seem like some divine, some divine intervention. It's, it's uh, a story that, that I'll, I'll post on the site um, probably next week because uh, I've just been sitting on it as I've been researching Uh, it. But here's a a girl Mm -hmm. um, uh, who who was uh, terribly abused. It was almost like a silence of the lambs kind of thing and uh, just horrific tragedy and uh, astonishing that she lived. And she came to Casey uh, after after this tragedy, trying to uh, ask for insights and advice. Well, how, why did I suffer mm-hmm. this? I'm a I'm a good person. I, I've never harbored anything evil towards anybody in my life, and uh, and what comes through Casey is just so interesting. And you you have to sort of you have to wonder is, is this some divine presence? How much of this admiration with Casey is the want to believe um you know well again you rob you you ask great questions and uh and um i've asked you know similar similar questions Mm -hmm. over the time and i know i sound uh very enthusiastic about this subject because i am but uh, that said um nancy and i nancy's my wife we look at uh, the Casey material uh, as reference material. Um, reference to uh, what? In to glean insights. It's not like a, a religious kind of thing or another. But like when our kids get sick, you know, we look, well, what does Casey have to say? When, because he, he, you know, almost any subject you can think of, there's resource material on. So, so that, that's really how, how we look at it. Has he ever been wrong? Yes. And, uh, and it's in the uh, five or six times where mm-hmm. he can be demonstrably proven wrong uh, that we have really interesting insights. For example, he was uh, the, the most obvious case was he was asked to give um, a medical reading, and the person doing the requesting was the son. And so the son asked, you know, about his mom. What, what can I do to buy, what can, how can I do to help mom? Mm-hmm. Who was in New York Casey was in Virginia beach and Casey gives medical advice. But at the exact time, uh, the advice is being given. She's dead. Wow. So absolutely wrong. Uh, different time zone. However, was it a different time zone? Could that explain it? Uh, no, no both, both East Coast. All right, stand, However, uh, stand by. We've got to take our break. We take one every 15 minutes. 
<laughs> All right, XO Nation. We're talking about Edgar Casey this hour. Are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Send me an email, XON at XONRadioTV.com. And Sidney Kirkpatrick and I will be back on the other side of this break. And for more information about Sydney, visit his website, Casey-Universe.com. Exonation, our guest this hour is Sidney Kirkpatrick. He is an author. He is also a Renaissance man when it comes to Edgar Casey. His website is casey-universe.com. Um, what did did Casey do any readings about the future? Or was it uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Um it, but probably the um, prediction readings are, are the most misunderstood aspect of the case. You, work, you know, you walk into a, a supermarket, mm-hmm. and tabloids are always talking about, you know, Casey predicts California is going to drop off into the ocean. Maybe it should. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, that there'll be earth, earthquakes, cataclysms. Um, and Casey does, you know, in maybe 1% or less, of the readings does make predictions, but what what's left out, what's not said, is the conditional uh, phrases before making such pronouncements. Given the current situation, uh, this will occur. And uh, what one, the larger, most important message in the Casey readings is that you make your own future, both individually and then as a community and then as a nation by what you hold in your head and in your heart. Right. And so that if you want to change the world, you change it within yourself first. And the future is not set. That said, uh, there comes a point of no return. And uh, so, yes, Casey did make a lot of, uh, did make a number of very scary uh, pronouncements uh, about what we might be able to expect and uh, gosh, I hope it's not true. Because as, as we're talking, I'm in California, and uh, uh, California is one of those places that's going to disappear. Uh, but in Ontario, in Niagara, where you are, I think you're pretty safe. Only as long as they keep the borders closed. <laughs> um, you know, they, this is the first first year we. I, I haven't been able to get back up to Canada, you know, to to visit the, yeah. visit the cottage. Because I'm I'm a U.S. citizen and and my wife's Canadian, right? So uh, um, I certainly don't blame you if you want to build a wall. 
<laughs> we were considering it, but then we we kind of figured President Trump wouldn't pay for it, so it was eh, forget it. Um, what about extraterrestrials, UFOs? Did Casey? Good. Well, I'm glad. I'm so glad you're asking these questions because I don't get asked these questions. So many uh, Casey, you know, people are mm-hmm. are they fall into groups. The, the people are interested in in the medical aspects right. of it and then ancient history. Um, Egyptians and stuff, but Casey does give readings, uh, not a lot, but there's two two that really jump out, uh, talking about uh, visitations uh, from you know by aliens, hmm. by by another, by something, uh, have have visited Earth and 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 speaks specifically aware. Um, Casey also was was asked just out, outright, you know, are, is there life on other uh, planets and Casey says absolutely yes, uh, but you will not recognize them. Uh, uh, you will not recognize this life, um, you know, by your current standards. In other words, uh, they exist, but you may not realize, or you may not have the technology, you may not have the imagination yeah. to see them as they are. Um, Interesting, interesting stuff. You know, uh, one of the uh, most moving um, readings that that I like came right at the very end of his life. And he was an older man, and he was looking back on a a difficult childhood uh, where he'd been called a freak. And he was sort of revisiting subjects that had been very sensitive to Mm -hmm. him as a child. But now, right at the end of his life, he was looking back into it. And he asked, well... Uh, I had these playmates, and everyone said they were imaginary. I made them up, like, like, who were they? What are they? And the source came back and said, well, you've known these souls your whole life, and you, you've known them in past lives, and they appeared to you, these souls, as children, because that's the only way you could see them and understand that they were friendly and, and that they were there uh, to keep you company because you were going to have a terrible, difficult childhood and you needed friends. And so these were souls hovering around you uh, as a child. And uh, they eventually incarnated into flesh and blood and became your friends and supporters. Um, so that, that's really interesting. And it was a, another, it was a medical mm. reading too of a, um, a young woman who'd just suffered a horrible tragedy and Casey uh, describes her soul hanging by a thread attached to her. And so it's not actually in her body, but outside the body. And and he's giving all of these recommendations on how to heal that temple. That's the body so that the soul can return. Because if you don't do it right away, it's leaving. And then, you know, uh, anyway, (laughs) What, what were Casey's religious affiliations? Uh, well, he, he uh, eventually became a Presbyterian, but uh, he latched on to the Bible uh, very early in his life because it helped explain uh, what the hell's happening to me, you know, because mm-hmm. he'd hear these voices, and he, it, was like a, it was like a rock. So he was certainly a Christian his whole life, and um, he read the Bible, you know, uh, once a year, every year for his life. He taught Bible study, um, and he had a lot of great things to, a lot of really interesting insights and things to say about the Bible, and 
uh, and stories in the Bible. For example, when one of the uh, uh, physicians, I think it was, um, uh, was curious about a passage in the Bible, so after his medical reading, he asked, mm-hmm. well, what did Jesus uh, mean by this? And Casey says, well, um, uh, Jesus didn't actually say that. What he said was, and and went on to say that uh, what Jesus had said had been misconstrued and it had been revised, and at the Second Council of Nicaea, uh, the whole story was changed around. Uh, so, so uh, there's a lot of a lot of interesting insights. You know, I keep saying it's a resource, yeah. and you can uh, you can delve in and you can look at what Casey says about a, a, almost any chapter of the Bible. Did Casey have any children? Yes. Um, uh, actually, he had three. One died as, as, a, as an infant. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, his son, um, or, or his oldest son, Hugh Lynn, uh, helped to found and carry on the Casey uh, uh, studies by forming the Association for Research and Enlightenment. Uh, which was actually going in Casey's lifetime. His son took it over, and uh, actually his grandson, you know, followed after that. Um, Casey's younger son, uh, was very interesting, uh, was an engineer and a scientist. And uh, these are, you know, my personal interest now is in the science and engineering because right. uh, when... Our, our time, our time is going. Our time is going very fast, and we've got about two minutes. One of the questions, uh, I, I, the final question for me is that if Casey was a communicator for these or this source, when Casey died, why wasn't this gift given to one of his children or somebody else to carry on the work that Casey did? One can argue. I mean, one of the uh, greatest conundrums in the Casey work is Casey says, everybody can do what I do. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's very off-putting because, hell, Sidney Kirkpatrick, you know, staying at the cottage in Huntsville, Canada, can't, uh, can't diagnose illness. Has he tried? <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing because uh, uh, Sidney Kirkpatrick also believed he could not see auras. Mm-hmm. And uh, I followed the Casey readings, and by gone it, I can see an aura. I mean, it's just it's just astonished me. And and I said, well, my gosh, if I can see an aura, well, maybe if I can train myself, yeah. you know, maybe we all have this these capacities, and it's just totally untapped. Or as I've come to believe, you teach yourself you can't do it. Right. You know. I think children, I think our grand, my granddaughter, I bet, can see auras, and we just sort of learn how not to do it. I don't know, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It really does. Listen, uh, first of all, I want to thank you ever so much for coming on the show. It's been a great hour. Very interesting. And uh, let our listeners know, once again, your website and what they can find there. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, KC-Universe.com. And, um, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we have put different postings on it, but uh, the story I'm gonna, we're going to post next week is, is just, yeah, I don't think you'll be able to put it down. I think it's the most exciting uh, story uh, of Casey that we've ever researched, and I'm just delighted 
uh, Rob, that you'll have me on the show to talk about this because I really want people to read it. And it's, you know, it's free. We're not charging anything. It's just we're a volunteer group of researchers. Thanks. So thanks, Rob. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care of yourself and uh, be safe and hope to see you up here in Canada one day. I'll take you out to lunch. You got a deal. All right, Exonation. Once again, our guest this hour has been Sidney Kirkpatrick, and his website is casey-universe.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. I'm Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule for the X-Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. And for the X-Zone TV channel on Simultv, simultv.com. Our guest is Sidney Kirkpatrick, and his website is casey-universe.com. Um, what did what? How did uh, how did Edgar Casey die? Uh, many people believe that it was a sort of brain drain. The, the who or what coming through Casey mm-hmm. said uh, never to do more than two or three readings a day, uh-huh. and uh, during World War II. Um, the requests were coming in in mail sacks. I mean, just 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 piles of telegrams requesting readings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of them, many of them, for people whose lo- loved ones were overseas. And uh, Casey couldn't begin to uh, accommodate um, the demand, and so he started giving you know ten, twenty, sometimes thirty readings a day, and it just literally drained him. And uh, he had a stroke and uh, passed. But why wouldn't he follow his own, <laughs> you know, his own, his own precautionary diagnosis? Well, you know, uh, Casey's a human like, like the rest of us. You know, he, he was told to stop eating, uh, you know, large amounts of pork. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he didn't stop. He, you know, he, he, he didn't follow, necessarily follow his own advice, but... 
you you know you've got to uh, think think about it though that you know um, the source you know which is what we call it because there's no other real mm-hmm. word but who or what coming through Casey was right. not Casey certainly um, uh, reincarnation which was you know a, lar- a big part of the of uh, the Casey readings or, or you know a portion of it um, figures into the story and Edgar himself had really interesting past life incarnations which which all figure into it but it's uh it, it's a mosaic and it's uh, it's fun to try to uh, put the pieces together and a lot of important people try to do that you know and nicole nikola tesla mm-hmm. had readings thomas edison had readings uh marilyn monroe was using casey beauty products um Elvis Presley is one of my was one of the most interesting uh, students of the Casey readings. You know, uh, he didn't get a reading. He was like nine years old when uh, Casey died, but he was surrounded uh, by people who had readings and uh, who studied Casey. And so Elvis, you know, was very interested in Casey. And actually, on the night Elvis died, he was reading um, a book about Edgar Casey. Um, many, many important. You know, you're. John Lennon, we were just hearing John mm-hmm. Lennon, uh, was a big student of Edgar Cayce. Uh, you know, so so he's had a huge impact. Um, one of the uh, most remarkable things that, that Nancy and I, in our research, have done, I'd say like the first decade of research was really just on Edgar Cayce himself. Um, and in the, the last decade or two, we've been studying the people who had the readings because we've discovered that um, uh, the more genuine the question put to Casey, you know, if this wasn't just like a fishing expedition, if someone really needed help, genuinely wanted help and said, you know, Mr. Casey, I've got breast cancer or my wife's got breast cancer, what can I do? The more genuine the question, the more genuine the need, the more and and higher quality, I I guess you could say it, information came out. So we've been very interested in who received the readings. Um, Uh, So are you saying, are you, are you saying, are you saying, are you saying that Edgar Cayce cured cancer? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, I'm not going to say that. However, but you just um, did. Casey cancer treatments uh-huh. are really interesting and, uh, and ought to be explored and should be explored and, and by and large aren't. Why and, not? Uh, you know, uh, well, you've got to deal with the American Medical Association. You've got to deal with hospitals. You've got to deal with chemotherapy. Uh, but, you know, Casey has a lot of really interesting um, uh, recommendations, you know, like how ways to oxygenate the blood in such a way that uh, uh, cancer cells will not, you know, will not survive. Um, it, it's very interesting. Um, uh, Casey told uh, one woman, actually told a husband, to uh, raise uh, a certain type of rabbit and uh, build a rabbit hutch outside, start raising these rabbits because you're going to need a lot of these pelts. Mm-hmm. And that um, I don't know, remember if it was once a day or twice a day, the, the, the farmer was, or the rabbit <laughs> keeper was supposed to uh, peel the, the you know, skin off the rabbit, put, get the pelt, and to apply 
the fatty, you know, tissue against his wife's breasts. So what did the uh, farmer? So, so so what did the farmer do with the rest of the rabbit? <laughs> Rabbits do. I don't know. I don't know. But there, you know, there there's so many cases of uh, of, of treatments which were dis, just just dismissed out of hand in Casey's day that are now you know state of the art medicine. But if that and is the, but if that is the case. If that truly is the case, then why isn't his his work on cancer taken seriously if everything else is? Well, okay, uh, let's 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 talk about it. let's talk about epilepsy, for example. No, I want to talk about you know, cancer. Well, I I, I don't I, I I want to talk about epilepsy only because there is a uh, um, uh, a recent study and 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 it shows why. You know, epilepsy was not studied uh, in Casey's in Casey's day. Uh, Casey said, you know, because of those neurotransmitters, he mm-hmm. said particularly sensitive people could uh, put their hands on someone's abdomen and actually feel cold spots, and that these were the damaged neurotransmitters. And uh, so, uh, in the uh, let's say, I don't mean a majority, but in the new age community, mm-hmm. there are sensitive people who do this and who can find this. So, so the epilepsy was treated that way. Well, now, uh, after, uh, you know, the, uh, the CIA and the, <laughs> well, they've developed uh, very sophisticated uh, sensing devices now, which you can point at somebody. Mm-hmm. And a study was done in Florida uh, this is two and a half years ago, uh, you know, uh, official study, major medical journal, and right. they've, they've studied, you know, 50 patients with epilepsy, 50 without, and the ones with epilepsy now show these cold spots. So, so it is coming around, but it, like in cancer, uh, it's, an, it's an uphill battle fighting an entrenched um, industrial, you know, medical thing. Uh, I won't say to suppress, but mm-hmm. that's the, that's what happens. Uh, and you know, Casey's treatments—they're—they're they're not something. Uh, um, uh, they're public domain. It's out there. You—you you don't need to spend, you know, fortunes. Um, you know, it's not something a, a corporation uh, can copyright per se. I don't know. Do I, am I making sense, Rob? Uh, yeah. Kind of, sort of, but you can copyright it because if somebody writes a book, they can copyright that book, right? Yeah, well, it's it's uh, yes, but but uh, you know, the, Casey believed this. You know, he believed that this was a gift from God, mm. and it all be given to everybody, and he gave it to everybody. And you can, you can just you can go online and you can get these readings. And as I, I keep saying, it's yeah. a reference, and uh, uh, so. You know, and and for me, you know, it's obviously it's changed my life because sure. I went from a skeptic to you know you have to you have to you have to start wondering where all this stuff's coming from. If your um, wife would not have been such a Casey uh, <laughs> fan, would you have uh, still gone into it full heartedly? No, I probably would have won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, when 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 I told my agent, when I told when my mother, my mother is you know was a writer and, mm-hmm. and a big champion of my writing and was very careful about 
missteps in my career. It's like, oh, you can't do this. You should do that. Right. It's always, you know, just typical. Uh, when I told when I announced I was writing a book about Casey, I just thought that the roof blew off the house. And in fact, it was the first book that I wrote that my mother had never read. Uh, she was that adamant against wow. it, and, uh, and so uh, it was like an uphill battle. And e- even even after I wrote it, I think the the first eleven pages of the Casey, the first Casey bi- biography I wrote, are the best eleven pages. All right, it's of, that time uh, where I have to take my break. My, I've got to take my break. Please stand by. This is the yeah. final break. Oh, okay. And Exxon Nation will be back on the other side as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with our guest this hour, Sydney Kirk. Patrick, we're talking about Edgar Casey. Are you a skeptic or a believer? Send me an email. Let me know. We'll be right back. Don't go away.